Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up A Well-Read Life. I credit my mom with one of the biggest inspirations for starting this podcast. She's the one who read aloud to us as children, took us to libraries and bookstores, and instilled in us a love for literature. I wanted to sit down with her today and give you, the listener, a glimpse of where my love of books came from. This is my mom, Sharon Graham. I'm partial, but I think she's the best. Mom, to start, where did your love of literature come from? First of all, thank you, Beth. I would have to credit my mom. She took us to the library and the bookmobile every two weeks, and we just got all the books we wanted, so I would would credit her. So for those who are not familiar with a bookmobile, because I'm not familiar with one either since we don't don't have those anymore, do you want to give everyone kind of an idea of what that experience was like? The bookmobile came to the shopping center, every two weeks and it was it was just what it said it was a bus with books on it and it was small and narrow but I loved it it was just so exciting to find it was limited in its selection Mm -hmm. but I still managed to find books I loved do you remember any of the the books that you would check out from it Oh, any any ones that were were your favorites? Oh, definitely Little House on the Prairie and Pippi Longstockings and The Borrowers. I loved The Borrowers. Adventure. Yeah. <laughs> so, were these books recommended to you or did you just find them? Cuz I feel like that was one of the the things that was so much fun for me as a child is just that excitement of finding mm-hmm. A, a book that no one had ever told you about on the library bookshelf, just picking it up mm-hmm. and reading the description and just finding a, a story or a book character that resonated with you. So is that more of your experience or did you have some book recommendations that went along with that? I never remember a book recommendation, but now that you bring it up, I think what drew me to the books mm-hmm. that I picked out were the illustrations. If it had good illustrations, I just poured over them. Yeah. And I, I was lucky enough to just find good books. Yeah. <laughs> it it seems to follow that if there's there are good illustrations in a book, the yes. the story is good. You'll you usually find that. Usually. <laughs> so who were your favorite book characters when you were young? Tell me a little bit more about your early reading life. We've already talked about the bookmobile, but if you talk about a little bit about your your school library as well. I, my favorite book that I remember, my first favorite book was Heidi. I, was, I loved the illustrations, but I loved the story. I was just enamored that she ate bread and cheese. <laughs> we, we have a mutual love of books that have food in them. And we always love to look at, compare the menus and in the, or the, the meals that are, that they eat in the books and talk about one day having a literary, literary picnics or literary themed meals, just based off of our, our favorite books. So that's kind of a, that's a, something that we share together. I remember I also had a neighbor a few doors down that 
would lend me her Nancy Drew books. And I thought that was exciting because the books looked really old. Yeah. And I thought, oh, this is a treasure. I know it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I loved uh, a wider range of, of books. I remember changing schools one year, and the elementary school had a good library. I read almost every book I could in mm. that library. The biographies, I just devoured those. Books like Edward Eager books, yes. Half Magic, Magic by the Lake, those were new to me. I hadn't discovered those yet. Jack London, his adventures, and just so many. It was like a feast. Mm. <laughs> I still have not read Heidi. I haven't read it all the way through. I still, I've, I've read part of it. I want to go back and, and finish it. I Last summer, I was trying trying to read it and I got the idea for the podcast and was working on the podcast, so I didn't get to finish it because I got busy reading other books, but it's still on my list for one to come back to. So, Mom, I wanted you to share, too, about reading in the doghouse oh. as a child. <laughs> we had kind of a large family, and I guess the, I was I was small and skinny, and we had a very big doghouse, but my dog Rex and I would go in his doghouse, and I would... <laughs> That was my little comfort area. No one could find me, and I would just take my book and read it. It was wonderful. I love that idea, and I until we sat down to talk about doing this podcast episode together, I'd forgotten that Mom used to share that memory with me when I was a child, and it was just one of those, just that image. I just, I love that idea of just that time away and being able to just be away from everyone and just completely absorbed in your book, just have that little, a little nook, <laughs> an adapted nook. And then we need to talk about real briefly, Wuthering Heights and your love for Wuthering Heights as a child. Cause this is one of the books that mom and I don't agree on. I am not a fan of Wuthering Heights at all. And I read it, I guess as a teenager or in my early twenties. And I just loathed the characters, <laughs> but mom loves it. She read it when she was younger. So I'll just have her talk for a minute about that. I am so sorry we don't share this book, but at the time I read it, I was young, 11 or 12 or something like that, and I'm very romantic, <laughs> and I was just enthralled with it at just the whole setting, rather um, gothic, I yes. guess you'd say, but I, and I'm not a gothic person, but oh, it just it just intrigued me. And we were talking about the other night about the the scene, and I don't want to just I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read the book before. But there's an opening scene where there's a little bit of a hint of a ghost, and we were just comparing that reading that part. And for me, that was one of the only interesting parts of the book, and that was also mom's mom's favorite part of the book. But other than that, I kind of just lost interest after after that part because I just ah. I'm so sorry. I need to reread the book, but those characters were just so despicable to me. I just couldn't find any redeeming qualities. And I, I do want to give it a second chance because it has been years since I, I read it. And I recently, well, in the last few years, read Jane Eyre. So I, I want to give the Brontes a, a chance. I'm much more of a Jane Austen fan, but I, I do want to try to to be more open-minded towards the Brontes. I just, I, I like Jane Austen's sense of order and I'm just not as big of a fan of the gothic aspects of the Brontes, even though I do love a lot of gothic aspects of other books. So I will, I will, I'm going to give it another go at some point. 
Mom, I wanted to also talk about, we, you, we mentioned when we were talking the other night that you were talking about one of the, the things that you loved about books, the the kind of the element that drew you to books. We kind of, you talked about a Narnia type mm-hmm. magic. You called yeah. it escapism at first, but you mentioned later that it was this magical sense of something being possible, the, kind of a mixture of the fantastic with the real world. Mm-hmm. Do you you want to talk about that a little bit more? Definitely. I think that's why I loved the uh, Edward Eager books. And had mm. the Narnia books been available mm. at that time, yeah. uh, I would have loved those. But yeah. just that sense that there is a secret door. You yeah. can go through it. There's something other than the real, but mm. it's real too. Oh, yes. yeah. I loved yeah. Uh, that kind of discovery. Yeah. Secret, mm-hmm. magic, all of that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like you said, it, there's that different world mm-hmm. that you can be open to, and I, I, th- I think that my imagination was was such that lent to that. I mm. was uh, loved something with a big imagination instead of, even though I did love biographies, yeah. I still loved that imagination mm-hmm. and something could be possible that wasn't possible. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to mention because we talked about. The other night as well, uh, we just kind of sat down a couple of nights ago and had a little brainstorming session about some of the things that we wanted to talk about in this episode. And and I've never done anything like this, never done an interview before. So we were trying to get some notes together and mom hasn't, hasn't done an interview either. But we were talking about our love of mysteries. We both have a love of mysteries and we were kind of trying to figure out what and hopefully we've talked about maybe doing another podcast episode about that as well, about our love of mysteries, but mom kind of had a little bit of insight. And I also want to get her again, one of her favorite, her favorite types of books when she was little were mysteries, but I just enjoyed something that mom had said about mysteries. And I wanted her to share it with y'all because we've, we've always talked about like for years, we've tried to figure out pinpoint. Why do we love mysteries so much? Because I will read mysteries before I go to bed. I sometimes have trouble sleeping and and murder mystery seemed to calm me down and help me fall asleep. And I've always said that it was like that bringing in that sense of justice. Wrong is punished and then the right is wins. But mom had a, an interesting take on it. And I'd like her to share that real quickly before we move on to the, my next question. Well, I had never thought of it before, but you're seeking truth. Mm-hmm. That's why you're trying to solve this problem and and it leads you to the path of what is the truth. You're trying to discover the truth of something. Mm-hmm. And what? So, what are, were some of your favorite mysteries as a child? Because I love the boxcar children. Mm-hmm. My aunt. I don't know if I've shared this story on the podcast yet, but I will have to at some point. But my mom's oldest sister, the one who would take us to Shakespeare in the Park, that I mentioned in the the Shakespeare episode, she read one summer the boxcar children to my sister and my cousin and I. And that was, that's just one of my favorite memories as a child. And I just, we loved that book so much. And we, we had gone to a park while we were reading it. I just remember looking with my cousin and my sister for our own boxcar because we wanted to be like the boxcar children. But what were some of your favorite mysteries as a child? Well, I loved Nancy Drew and Trixie Belden. I even loved Trixie Belden more than Nancy Drew. (laughs) She wasn't quite as famous, but that's what was available. And a a lot of mysteries, I don't remember the author, the names of them, but there were quite a few out there that I just 
just couldn't get enough of. I know. I, now we are both <laughs> compulsive mystery <laughs> novel readers, especially Mary Stewart, which we might we yes. might briefly talk about at the end of the episode. <laughs> but we just we do. That's like not really even a guilty pleasure. It's just a calming calming books for us, just our our comfort reads, really. (laughs) Okay, so jumping ahead to your college days, and these are the stories that fascinated me as a child and captured my imagination for books. I want you to tell everyone about your time at the DeGrumman Collection in your children's lit class. So let's start with the DeGrumman Collection first, and then we can talk a little bit more about your children's lit class. But if you just kind of give a background of what the DeGrumman collection was, my mom went to the University of Southern, Southern, Miss- Miss- Southern Mississippi. She and my dad had a GI Bill. And so my brother was two, two. when she started her classes. So I, I have an almost two-year-old and I just can't imagine taking classes. And she was also working in the special collection at the same time as raising a two-year-old. And she was an art student, so she had a lot of projects. But I want her to talk to you all about the DeGrumman Collection first, and then we'll talk about her children's lit class. The DeGrumman Collection was a collection of children's literature, the art, the letters to editors. You could see first drafts. We had boxes in a room, large blue boxes that they kept on shelves. And I was in charge of matting the traveling exhibit. We had six traveling exhibits. So I got to see firsthand, Mm. oh, the letters to editors, the illustrations that were done in the very books that you're looking at, you get to see the original. It was fascinating. Lena de Grumman, who started it, had invited, I don't remember her name, who did the, the hats, for sale, oh. hats for sale. I think it's. I think it's I probably couldn't Slovakina. pronounce it anyway. Well, I so. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's like it might be S for Slobodkina. It's a book, caps for sale. Uh huh. So she did a beautiful mural in the children's section mm-hmm. of our library, our school library. It was done in fabric. It wasn't mm-hmm. painted. Oh wow! And it was. It fascinated me. Yeah. And that was. I don't remember exactly how I got the job. They were looking for an art student who could mat. Okay. And then Miss Perry, who was in charge of it, oh, she would tell me fascinating stories about the different conferences that they had had before I had ever come to the school and the different illustrators and writers. I got to hear Garth Williams tell a story about when he wrote Stuart Little. Little. So would you would you share that story real quickly? Because Stuart Little was one of my my favorite books as a second grader. So this is speaks to my little second grade heart. (laughs) (laughs) So every year, uh, USM had a book fair. They invited, like I said, an author and an illustrator to come and speak. And the year Garth Williams was there, he told the story of taking a walk in the park. If if I remember this correctly, it's been a lot of years. (laughs) Uh, And when he came back with this little girl, there on the pillow was a mouse. A mouse that stayed there, and he drew the mouse until he was through with the book. I found that fascinating. We heard Barbara Cooney and Peter Spear and Madeline Langle had come before my time, but it was 
it, it was a gift mm. to to be in that world at that time. Mm. And you have to tell them about the anecdote about Madeline Langle oh. when she was when she came and spoke. Mm-hmm. That Madeline Langle actually wrote part of A Wrinkle in Time when she was there as a in one of the hotels in Hattiesburg. That's just fun because we both <laughs> we both love A Wrinkle in Time. Okay, so let's move on to your children's literature class. I want you to tell me about your favorite books in that class because. You have a couple of favorites. I love that class. Of all the classes that I had in college, it of course, my art classes mm-hmm. and the children's literature class, we called it Kitty's Lit, was introduced to Madeline Langle, and I stayed up all night reading A Wrinkle in Time. But The Wind and the Willows, oh my goodness, what a sweet story. The illustrations by Ernest Shepard, so charming. He made this world come alive of these little animals. So as a class project, we had to do a diorama. And the diorama could have been in in any form. And I chose, because it was the 70s and (laughs) terrariums were big, I chose a terrarium. And I did a sculpture of the mole and the rat, painted it with my acrylic paint, and took a gallon jar, like pickles come in, a big gallon jar, and put the dirt, got these little plants, took mirrors to make the lake, and made the riverbank. River, I mean, where rat lived. And in some of the dirt, I took a matchbox, just the wood from the matchbox, Mm -hmm. cut out little windows, made little curtains to put behind (laughs) it. And stuck that in the bank of of the dirt. So Mole and Rat were sitting on the edge of the river by his little house with all these plants. Oh, I loved it. (laughs) I had created my own world. So the day I took it, uh, it was very well received. And oh, I was so proud of it. That was on a Friday. (laughs) Meanwhile, over the weekend, a lot was going on that I was not even anticipating. So when I got back to class on Monday, thinking, oh, I can go see my little world I created. It was brown and webby, just webby. There was not a green plant. There was not, the mold had just completely covered the inside of that jar. And I stood there with my mouth open I'm sure I was so shocked and my teacher who was so kind he came over and he said it's okay you still get an A (laughs) so this is one of the stories that mom would share with us as children and it's one of the ones that just really like I've said before captured my imagination and just made me uh just I don't know there had a fascination with the wind in the willows even though I hadn't read it until a couple of months ago, this is actually the book I'm planning on talking about next time. But this was one of the ones I just is always felt. I've just felt this kinship and this bond to the wind in the willows just from hearing mom's love of it and mom's story that she would tell me when I was a child. So this kind of special for me because I've told mom, I just, I think of her time in Mississippi as really the genesis for my, my reading life because it was just so rich. Mom's time there was so rich and she was just immersed in good children's literature and good illustration, which mom, tell real quickly, why did you take 
the children's literature class. Do you even remember? It's just because I love children's books. I was reading to my my little one, Scott, at the time. And I, I guess I did like my mom. I yeah. took him to the library and we'd get stacks of books and I'd read to him in the afternoon. And of course, I loved the illustrations and I wanted to take a course to know more about it. Okay, so when we were kids, my mom, I'll tell a story on her. She would take us to the library all the time. We've always went to the library growing up. We were friends with the librarians. They, they knew us by name. But when, when I was probably early elementary age and even before that, there was a criteria for the books that we could check out. Mom kept a pretty close eye on the illustrations that they, they had to have. And this is not, it wasn't, it wasn't strict. It wasn't legalistic. It, it was not, I, 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 I'm so glad that she did this because I really believe that it, it helped me filter out the good from the bad literature. But we had to bring, we had to bring our books to her or we would bring our books to her after. And it sounds so much stricter than it was, but we would just comb the shelves and then we would bring her our books and mom would look through them. And if the illustrations weren't good, those books quietly found their way back on the shelf. <laughs> and, and if the illustrations were good, then they went home with us. And it wasn't like mom pulled the books off the shelf and told us which books we had to we had to read. But she, and she still let us explore and find them ourselves. But just the ones that were just kind of... Um, mediocre. Just mediocre. She, she just kind of quietly... Uh, put those away, but she really just used that as really to foster good artwork and good story in our life. I just really, I, I'm personally so grateful that she did that because it, we just have some really, really rich and good children's picture books that we, that I love to this day, just from that experience. And so mom also, do you think that the time, I kind of want to go back to an early question that I had, that the time, because I, like I said, I credit, I credit your time in Mississippi as really starting my own reading life. Do you think that time shaped how you introduced your own children to literature? Because I've already talked about how our library experiences were. And that time, I think I've said it before and I'll say it again, it just, it has always fascinated me personally because it just seemed as someone who wanted to be a children's writer as a child it just seemed like this charmed life of being able to touch the letters that people that they wrote and getting to hear the writers and the illustrators mm-hmm. how influential was that time in just how you raised your own children and the books that you brought into our home some advice that was given to our class from one of our art instructors probably set the stage for mm. this. He said, don't look at the bad stuff. Mm. There's enough out there. Look at the good stuff. And he told us in our university library where there was a section of really good art books that wasn't out there in the mainstream. But he encouraged us to go look at it and he says, don't even don't even bother with the bad. So I would go to that section and look at the good art. And it made me realize that applies to anybody. Mm-hmm. Don't look at the bad stuff. Just look at the good stuff. In fact, in Philippians, it mm-hmm. says, think on good things, mm-hmm. things of good report, if they have virtue, if they have praise. Think on these mm-hmm. things. So we dwell on what's good, 
mm-hmm. not what's uh, mediocre or even bad. Mm-hmm. Why bother? Why put that in your mind? Just, mm-hmm. just it, because what you put in, what you're feeding it, mm-hmm. is going to come out. That that verse was one that would say a lot as a teenager and as a, a child. And I actually, a few months ago, I did a podcast on books of comfort and hope. And that was one of the verse, the criteria that I used in picking the book. So that was, I'm glad that you brought that up again. <laughs> okay. Before we wrap up, let's talk about some of our favorite book characters and what the qualities are that we love about them. So some of these books, I think we kind of talked about a few the other night and some of these char- the characters, a lot of them we might've been a book that we read as when I was a child that we shared, mom might've read aloud to us, but we started, I think our first character we talked about was Judy Abbott from Daddy Longlegs, which I've talked about in, I think it was episode three, but she is one of our all-time, all-time favorite characters. And Daddy Longlegs is one of our mm-hmm. all-time favorite books yes. that we both, we both yes. shared and you read it as an adult for the mm-hmm. first time. Mm-hmm. And then you gave it to me. So mom would do this every once in a while. She would have a, a book that she would she would kind of just hand off to me and just would tell me how much she loved it. And it wasn't a book that she read out loud to me, and it wasn't even a book that we read together. It was just a book she had loved. It, same with Wrinkle in Time mm-hmm. when I was in fourth mm-hmm. or fifth grade. You gave that to me for Christmas because right. I'd heard your story about Wrinkle in Time all the time but uh, since I was young. But Daddy Longlegs was one of those that you pulled off the shelf at the library mm-hmm. and handed to me kind of as a – like. Choose your own adventure. You can read it or you don't have to. But she was one of our, uh, she's one of our absolute favorites. Mm -hmm. We both love epistolary novels. So we Mm -hmm. just like that ability to get inside the character's head, to know what they're thinking. I'm nosy. (laughs) Mom. (laughs) I don't think mom was as nosy as I am. What is you, what, what was, what is it about Judy that drew you to her? Uh, It was, it was her love for life. Mm -hmm. You know, she just embraced life. When she got to go to college from this daddy long legs paying for her to go, it was, and the criteria was if, if she wrote to him to let him know what was going on, she never met him, but she just, even though he didn't respond to her, she still wrote Mm -hmm. and she just embraced every new adventure. She'd been in an orphanage, you know, Mm -hmm. until she was 17, Mm -hmm. I believe. And so this was a new life. Everyone was exciting. And I loved that. I Mm -hmm. loved her love for life and excitement. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what it was. And why I love the books that are letters, Mm -hmm. you do see a a deeper level Mm -hmm. into the character's personality, Mm -hmm. their spirit even. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. So I've also, I said in the third episode too, that Daddy Longlegs was one of the books I felt like God used when I was a child to open up my heart to adoption Mm -hmm. because our our daughter is adopted and that's just, it's so special to me. It's so precious to me. And I just really, really know that, that God used those books in my life as a child to just just show me the beauty of adoption. So that's one of the other reasons why it is such a, just a special book to me. One of our other books that we wanted to, well, our book and favorite character is Pride and Prejudice. Of course. (laughs) And Lizzie Bennet. We just love when I was a teenager, when the miniseries came out and it was, that was the first time we had been introduced to Jane. Well, we Mm -hmm. had, our dear friend, Mrs. Reynolds had a Jane Austen 
a bumper sticker on her cabinet wall I've talked about before. She loved Jane Austen, but we hadn't read it before. And then we saw the miniseries and the story. Oh, we just loved it. We watched it on repeat and we just loved Lizzie. I love her wit and Mm -hmm. just her ability to know who she was. Even though Mr. Darcy has a higher social standing then she does. She never allowed that to diminish her who, who she was, her mm-hmm. her worth as a, a person. Mm-hmm. She didn't she didn't allow that to change her her thinking about. She knew mm-hmm. who she was. Mm-hmm. So I love her her spirit. Mm-hmm. I am not like her in in the least. <laughs> I've, <laughs> I've taken the quizzes of what Jane Austen character I am, and I'm not I'm not Lizzie Bennet. I wish I I could be. I'd love to have Lizzie Bennet as a best friend. But yeah, she's just one of our our favorites. So what are some of the why why do you love Lizzie so much? Oh well, she she's a good judge of character. Yes, she is. Except for Wickham. Except for Wickham. You're right. She was uh she thought things through mm-hmm. and she she wasn't fooled mm-hmm. by people like uh the aunt. Mr. Darcy's aunt. Oh, Catherine de Berg. Oh, my goodness. What a despicable character. But she wasn't fooled by her, and she didn't let her put her down, Mm -mm. no no matter what her status was. Mm -hmm. Lizzie knew who she was. That's what I love about her. Yeah, same here. So one of our other favorite, all-time favorite, this was a read-aloud as a family. Oh, yeah. It's the James Harriet books. We just, those books, Mom would read aloud to us. They would have us laughing, laughing so hard we couldn't talk. Mom couldn't read. And then at other times, all of us crying. And I, I'm from a family of seven. For those of you who don't know, I have two older brothers. And then there's I have a younger sister and three younger brothers. So when I who would talk about we read it aloud, it was my, my younger siblings and I. My older brothers were grown by that time. But that was, a, that was just us in the living room with my, my brothers were maybe... Like I think my youngest brother might have been around five at the time, so they were they were still elementary age. But we read that as a family, and oh my goodness, there's just there are a few of those stories that are just seared in my my mind, and I mm-hmm. and I think of them, and I think of that time, and it was just so it was so it was so special. It was just a special, just a sweet. Just a just a little bit of like a little slice of paradise of just that li- that time in the evening, just all together and reading the James Harriet books and oh my goodness, I just I just love the just the the sweetness of the stories, the humor, the just that slice of life, the just the eccentric characters of his neighbors and. It just, uh, it's just one of my, it's a comfort, again, another comfort read. <laughs> um, and then, so who are some of the other favorites, our favorite characters? Just um, Anne of Green Gables, of course. Oh, of course, Anne of Green. Well, I know this sounds silly. It's not a person, but I loved Winnie the Pooh. Oh, see, I still have not read Winnie the Pooh. Oh, I, I love Winnie the Pooh, and then again, the characters in Wind in the Willows. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, You know, yes. even though they weren't human characters, yeah, they were still just, endearing. They that, Like I said, I'll talk about that next time, but that has become one of my fa- new favorite books and my favorite characters. Mm-hmm. They're just, oh, mm-hmm. 
just so it's just such a good story. <laughs> I was thinking Lord Peter Whimsey. Oh yes, yes. So I'm a I'm a big fan of Dorothy Sayers and have a huge literary crush on Lord Peter Whimsey. <laughs> That's one of our favorites as well. And mm-hmm. uh, Roald Dahl, we love Roald yes. Dahl. I love Boy. Mm-hmm. I love the book Boy. Mom's not as big of a fan of Boy. I like going solo. You like going that is solo. one of my favorite yeah. books. As soon as I got through reading it. I wanted to mm. turn around and start it over. Oh, it wow. was so fascinating. Wow. I still, that's that one's on my, my list. And and another thing, not all of our favorite literary characters are female. I no. mean, you would think, oh, yeah. name all these females. But there are, like you said, Lord Peter Whimsey, there's a lot of males, too. Yeah, that we love. And- Winnie the Pooh was male. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and also picture books. We have some favorite just Picture books that we absolutely love that I love, the Maggie B Mm -hmm. by Irene Haas, I think is how Mm -hmm. you pronounce it. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is just, oh, that's one of my my favorite books. My daughter's not into it yet, but I'm hoping one day she will be. Mm -hmm. And uh, also the Francis books by Russell Hoban. Yes. That, oh, they are just, (laughs) the humor in those books are just, it's the wit and the humor. It's just, uh, I I would suggest. For everyone to get at least one of the Francis books mm-hmm. and read it. Bedtime for Francis is good. Bread and Jam for Francis is our favorite. A bargain for Francis. Bargain for Francis. Mm-hmm. A birthday for Francis. I just, I can't recommend these books highly enough. It's, like I said, the humor is just so spot on. Uh, my hus- I was reading them aloud to my daughter one day um, when she was really, really little. My, my husband came into the room and he was like, she's you. <laughs> <laughs> So I have, a, I have a special place in my heart for Frances. She's just, uh, she's just, ah, uh, she's so great. But I'm trying to think of some other, other ones. We'll get in a minute. We're going to briefly share our favorite current reads. But I was trying to think of any of if we have any other favorite. We also mentioned Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Mm, yeah, um, loving that. I just love. I just I love Roald Dahl's writing. Just I I love so it. So good. His his children's mm-hmm. is. I just I stick with his middle grade novels, <laughs> but he's just such a good. Good writer. He's just fantastic. Okay. Well, we're getting near the end. And I've been talking to you, Mom, about that a lot of these books that we've talked about, I really think of as God planting seeds in my life when I was young, before my faith was mature, that these were kind of, these books were my training wheels. And they really equipped me with truth and grace Mm -hmm. and kindness and I really, I, I, I've said it before, I've said it on this podcast, and I'll say it again. It's really, I'm, I'm just so thankful for mom co-planting those seeds in my life. Those were just, I, um, I just, I, I, I just feel like my, my childhood was so rich because mom did that. And I'm just so appreciative of it. And I really want to honor her for being so faithful in her children's life and really just, taking the time to, and she was busy, she had seven kids, taking the time to pick out books and curate books for us. It was just, I am just so, so blessed by that. So thank you thank again, you. mom. <laughs> thank you, sweetheart. And it's, that's pretty much all for this week, but we wanted to, before we went, I wanted to, we wanted to briefly share some of our current favorite reads. So okay. Mom, do you have any current yes. favorites? <laughs> yes, I do. I love The Gentleman in Moscow. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone on a picnic had read a little 
excerpt from it one Mm -hmm. time. And she closed the book and she held it to her. And she said, this is one of my favorite books that I've read in three or four years. Then she said, it's one of the best books I've ever read. And I thought, I've got to read this. And I have listened to it on Audible five times straight. I love that book. It's a Russian fairy tale to me. And we, we, love, we love fairy tales. So I am rereading The Scent of Water by Elizabeth Googe. I love Elizabeth Googe. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, I love her. I'm hoping to talk about that, that book in an episode in September. But, oh, one of those books that just... Calming. It's calming, and it just speaks to my heart, and it's just uh, such a peaceful book. It's just powerful in a very quiet sense. It's, I just, I can't, I can't sing its praises enough. And then we have, both have a love of Mary Stewart, and it's not even a guilty pleasure. We love... (laughs) I admit it. (laughs) We love the Mary Stewart books. We highly recommend them if you just need some good old-fashioned escapism. Mm -hmm. There's, there, I, we've, we talked about it before. We thought they were a little formulaic, but we don't even care, and we don't even think that they are. (laughs) They're just... They're romantic suspense novels, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we're not even, we're not romance, we're not like uh, romance novel no. people, uh-uh. but we just, oh my goodness, I highly, highly, like I said, highly recommend. Right. We haven't read her, she wrote a Merlin series, but we haven't, um, we haven't read those mm-hmm. that, that yet. It's on our list. We want to, but we love this rough magic. Oh, yeah. Um, moon spinners, the moon spinners and, uh, airs above ground. Uh-huh. We really loved that one. So I would just say, just go, just go, with just it. go, just go, <laughs> just go get them all. They're, they're cheap on Kindle. Just go ahead and just binge, <laughs> binge on Mary Stewart. It's fantastic. And then we've recently started reading together a mm. really charming, just sweet. We love, we're about halfway through and we just have enjoyed it so much. It's a book called, Katie Watson and the Painter's Plot mm-hmm. by Mez Bloom, but it, B-L-U-M-E. But it is just, a, it's, I would say it has that old-fashioned, mm-hmm. not old-fashioned, but that kind of, uh, that feel of those books that we mm-hmm. loved as children. Adventure. It just has that adventure. Magic. And it just is, it's just, it's charming and it's just, it's funny and uh we're we're just really mm-hmm. really enjoying it. It's some time travel, and it's it's a it's just a lot of fun. I think that's about it for me. Yeah, you were reading some of Echo North. Oh yeah, it's very it, it's a fairy tale, and so far, yeah, I'm only in chapter seven. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's well written. Yeah, I think you so, enjoy it. Yeah, so we kind of have a mixture of middle grade. We still love to read middle grade and mm-hmm. some of the. Uh, we kind of have our mixture of escapism. <laughs> I, lo- I love escapism. I don't know what this says, but <laughs> and it's okay. We just uh, we're not we don't I overthink love it. Thirty nine steps, you know, by John oh, Buchan. I need to but, read that. Uh, Mary Stewart mentions him um, in one of her books, and I go, ah, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm hoping to have Mom on the podcast again. We we want to do. We have a couple of ideas some ideas for some other episodes that we were hoping to do. So um, I'm not sure when we'll have a chance to sit down and record those, but uh, look for those in the future. Mom, thank you again so much for being on the podcast and everyone take care until next time. (laughs) Thank you, Beth. It was fun. (laughs) Bye now. 
If you're interested in reading any of the books we talked about today, I've included an affiliate link to bookshop.org in the show notes. Thanks so much. Until next time.